Let's go to Acts 19. All right, so what we're doing is, is hopefully we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And uh, just to recap just a minute, you know, we talked about last week about the fruit of the Spirit and about the gifts of the Spirit, but also about signs and wonders. And we went into the scriptures where Yeshua was very plain that you can see that there are signs and wonders that follow both groups of people. Ones who are following the Torah, but also the ones who said, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not heal the sick in your name? And he said, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never had a relationship with you. So in these end days, it's not about the signs and wonders. It's about the fruit of being obedient to his word and his ways and the people who do this. Signs and wonders will follow, guess what, both groups. Because it shows you that they're following both groups. It says Yeshua, who is our king, but he has a false prophet who is Hasatan, who's Satan. He masquerades as an angel of light. He's going to be the son of perdition. He's going to be the one who evidently is going to, in the future, set upon some throne and do mighty signs and wonders. So we have to be keen to this. Okay? Now, that's where we were at last week. So I'm going to start in verse 20, no, verse 19. I just want to pick up there where it was last week. What I did was, is I named this idolatry and economics. Okay? Um, this is very interesting because as we, you know, as we're going through these congregations, I know I'm taking a lot of time out with Ephesus. But it's very, very important. And then I, after I went from Ephesus and I went through three and then I'm back to Ephesus, it's very interesting that Ephesus was the first one he chose. But because of this temple of Artemis happened to be there, and it, there's a whole lot more I'm learning about Ephesus. <clears throat> I did not realize that this temple served as a bank. This is where people from all over that region would invest their money. Because I, I was reading earlier and it was talking about whenever they were grabbing these disciples, they were accusing them way later down of being temple robbers. And I'm like, well, temple robbers. I'm thinking, well, what are they doing? They're stealing their little statues or whatever. No, it was, they used them as a bank. So their funds from all over and people would come up all over that region and bring their money and deposit it. Do we have banks today? Do we have institutions today? Are these institutions tied into one world government today? Is our religion tied into one world government? That's why we've always said, and I'm learning more and more, follow the money. Follow the money. And you're starting to see. And so when I, I was re reading that, and so I came to understand that politics and religions were heavily intertwined in Ephesus. And you can see it today that you're going to find out that in this one world government, from religion, political, politics, and economics, Hasatan always has a copycat to what Yahweh has. And Yahweh set up kings, and he set up the priest, and he set up his economic system. And when he set it up, but guess what? It takes a lot of faith to believe what the Father has set up, because everything is about faith. These systems are set up, to rob the poor and pay the rich. That's really what this system is about. There's a two-tier system. If we've not seen that in these last eight to ten years in the United States, if we've not seen that we have a two-tier system to where some people can do whatever, they, they can get away with murder, but yet you as an individual are in the wrong place at the wrong time looking at somebody wrong and you're doing 10 to 12 years. You know what I'm saying? These are some of the things that, that we see. So, also we're going to talk about that during Ephesus they had these, these gills. They call them gills. This is not fish gills. Okay? But these were gills. You know, you've heard a lot of times of Hollywood has gills, writers have gills. And these are professional gills. And really, I just wrote down the best I know how these are like our unions today. These are, they, they had gills and they were, 
part of their, like their union, and they protected one another. <clears throat> so I want to start out in this portion with that because I really do believe 110% in my opinion that the mark of the beast is tied in with buying and selling. It's just flat buying and selling. It, I know that people want to go in this super spiritual way off in the heavenlies and out in the stars and where their satellites circle and all of that stuff. Guess what? A satellite in outer space doesn't affect me other than it might shut off the internet or whatever and oh woo. You know what I mean? But buying and selling, when you're telling somebody that they can't buy and sell and, and you're affecting their children and grandchildren and their way of life, when you start affecting that, then it starts touching like the Great Depression that happened in the uh, 30s. You know, so follow the money and know that idolatry, believe it or not, idolatry and economics is tied together. And it shows us in the seven congregations and it's the same thing today. Okay, so what happened in 19 is last week, it says this, a number of those who had practiced the magic arts brought their books together and they burned them in the sight of all and they counted the value of them and they found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. Now during that day of all that they were doing here, uh, I, I've looked over this, I don't know the amount, it's just it was a whole lot of money. They, they burned a lot of books and they burned a lot of stuff. And because of this, it says, So the word of Yahweh continued to increase and prevail mightily. So in other words, there's, there's world revival going on in Ephesus and in Asia as a whole. This is what was happening. All right, so now let's pick up in 21. It says, Now after these events, now, now after what events? The events I just read you about. Him ministering, burning books, getting rid of their idols, all of these events. It says, now after these events, so let me just say this. We're all looking for Yahweh to do something mighty in this earth. Amen? But when He does something mighty in this earth, this is what it's going to say after these events. Because when He starts doing something mighty, there's going to be some bad events start happening. See, we're always looking at the, the, the Father that we're just going to go and we're just going to do this. And everybody, what did I say last week? Remember when most of us come in our Hebrew roots, all of our family members were just overjoyed? It says, after these events, what events? Whenever you come into your Hebrew roots, what happened? Okay, so guess what? So whenever the Father is going to start doing some of these events, guess what? He's kicking over an ant pile. Is what he's doing, and some people will, you know, get saved, but a lot of them are going to start biting your ankles if you're standing in the ant pile, spiritually. Okay? And so we just have to know that no deadly thing that bites us is going to hurt us. Amen? So we stand on that word. Okay, so after these events, Paul resolved in the Spirit, so the Holy Spirit was leading him to move on, to pass through Macedonia and uh, Ahia and go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I will also see Rome. Verse 22, And having sent to Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Arathos, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. Okay, now, verse 23. This is where it gets really interesting. About that time there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. Now, when it says no little disturbance, that means that there was a big mess going on, okay? And so, concerning the way means about Yeshua. This is what Paul has been teaching. So now there's a big ruckus going on. Looking at some of the commentaries, at this time, in this place, in this verse, it's believed, because once a year, a lot of people would pilgrimage to Ephesus for the temple. And so now they're believing that there's a whole lot of people there pilgrimaging to this time. What would Paul usually do whenever the Olympics was going on or something was going on? He always made sure that he was where? Right in the middle of it. So that that's the best way to be able to minister to the masses so I don't have to go out everywhere at the same time. Because he spent two years here 
in Ephesus as we read last week. So if it's true, and that's just what some of the commentators were saying, that some of the people were traveling there because of whatever was going on. And remember, this was also a bank. So people would, now look, they didn't have direct deposit. I mean, they wasn't that advanced, okay? So they had to be able to have their monies and their gold and silver and all that in there. They had to bring it, okay? Okay, now, verse 23, it says, And about the time there arose no little disturbance of the way. Now, I have this little, uh, this is from the IVP. I just wanted to read, because I got this from here, and I started studying other pieces, and it confirmed it. It says, as often as religious piety becomes a thin cloak for personal economic interests, the temple of Artemis served as a bank as well as a temple, then the people from all over the world deposited their funds there. About A.D. 44, roughly about a decade before Paul's arrival, inscriptions there showed that the proconsul had gotten together in the temple treasury due to some of the serious financial irregularities. Do we hear about that all the time? irregularities from what's going on in our government whenever they're needing 3.5 trillion dollars and it's like number one where are you getting it and then where is it going and how is it fixing whenever you drive down the road and you're still hitting potholes so there's a lot of irregularities going on in Ephesus politics and religions were heavily intertwined as religion and economics and a local civic pride was inseparable for the worship for the Ephesians who worshipped Artemis. <clears throat> so, just want to let you know, if you can, as we're talking about this, think about what's going on today. Can we draw the parallels to see how government, politics, religion, and all of that is intertwined? I'll just say this. Um, uh, the Pope came out last week and was telling his own people. Now, let me just say this. The Pope, is he sort of a little bit influential? Maybe like way, way. He's not of the way, but he's way, way, way influential. Okay? So now he's telling people not to be judgmental if your kids are changing their birth their gender. Yeah, their gender. Now can we see, have we seen political? Now you're seeing religious. Is getting it, everything's in lockstep with how this happens. Now, I know that a lot of you probably have way more in-depth information than I do. I'm just bringing you stuff that just common news is throwing out there at you. Okay? That this is not... I'm just saying, you, you could read this. Most of you probably already read that. So I'm just trying to say, let's stay in flow with what's going on in our society and what was happening because we're all going to live one of these congregations, if not all seven of them. I think in the end days, we're living all seven of them, rolled up into one. Okay. So verse 24. So because of all of this, it says there was a man named Demetrius... Now, he was, I understand, a heathen, and he was a non-believer. He was not a believer. He was a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. Now, when you see it, it says he had big money. He had a big business going on. He's uh, Demetrius Bezos. I think we might be his name. I don't know. But uh, he had no little business in Amazon. Okay, there was no little business right here. Just to let you know that there, this is big money going on here. There's a lot of things happening. And it says this. These, okay, he gathered together. And the these he gathered together are his own people, the silversmiths and all these workmen. With the workmen of similar trades and said, Men, you know that from this business we have our what? We have our wealth. This is the issue. The issue, if you notice something here, he's not coming. I want you to think about this. He's not coming to, to the defense of this God. He's coming to defense of what? His money. 
He's coming to... Now, you know, guys, that there's no small business here. I mean, we're making buckets of money here. People from all over Asia and all over the world come to do business here. And we have our businesses, and when they come here, they're buying and they're, they're pumping money into this economy here. See, he's not starting out saying, oh, how great is this woman. He's saying, oh, how great is the dollar that this woman's bringing in here. The silver and the gold and all of it. That's right. You see what I'm saying? This is why we're tracking, because see, I mean, he spills the beans of his heart right off the bat. It's not about a idolatry and a false god. It's about the money that the false gods are making him. I mean, he spilled the beans. <clears throat> but what will happen is, is here's where the trickery comes in. What if somebody would have went and went to bat for idolatry and then they get money? It doesn't matter. It's both wrong. But he's spilling the beans off the bat exactly what his, where his heart's at. Okay, so verse 26 you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all Asia. So he's not just affecting us, he's affecting the whole region. These other seven areas plus. That this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people saying, gods made with hands are not gods. And he's right. And I think in deep down, they knew he was right too. But still, it was you messing with their money. He's just messing with their money. Verse 27. And there is a danger that not only this trade, because see, he's talking about his trade. You don't even see, he mentioned there that he's saying that gods are not gods. But now he's saying, but and there is a danger that not only in this trade of ours may come to a disrepute, which means it comes to nothing, but also now he's bringing in the, the goddess. That the temple of the great, he's going to throw the word great in there. Great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing. In other words, he's going to be, he's telling everybody that, and you know what, that was his message. That idols are nothing. And you're, you're making them with hands and they're nothing. And that she may even be deposed or destroyed from her magnificence. She whom all Asia and what else? The world worship. So it tells you there that people from that region and all over the world would travel to this area to worship. But it wasn't only to worship their money. This tied together because it served as a bank. This is, this is almost, if you want to say like one world government... You could almost say at that time, that was almost like a one world government at that time to where they would bring their money and everything to this temple. That's right, you can do both. Verse 28, when they heard this, now listen, they didn't have a problem before. But when they heard this, because this is important. Because after we get through verse 29, we're going to go to the book of Revelation. This is important. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Look what it says next. So the city was filled with what? Guys, this is what Satan does best. He's the author of confusion. So what happens is, is you're going along in life. Nobody's really, other than a few people, is suffering probably because of Paul's teaching. Now this guy comes out into the marketplace. He comes out into that center. And he starts telling them. And he starts creating a riot. He starts, have we not seen riots over the last few years here? All over the world. Now listen. I hope I don't hurt anybody's feelings. But if I do, I, yeah, Arnold said good. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, it's not my intention. But I just want to say this. I'm going to say this first. Lawlessness is wrong. I don't care if, it's, if you're a law officer. And if you're not a law officer, lawlessness is wrong. 
Amen? That's just the way it is. But when somebody uses somebody as a poster child, regardless of the situation, and causes not only the United States, but riots in the world over a situation that happened up north, what happened is it caused great, what? Confusion. Even to where the um, Seattle, Washington have no-go zones or whatever you want to call them, to where they have these little places to where you're... Guys, I would have never thought in my day I would have seen that in the United States. But yet, they allowed all of that stuff to happen. That's right. They're, they're using somebody. And you know what the sad thing was? It was some of the family members that says, you're, don't use our family to do what you're going to do. But they do it. They don't care. They don't care about the people. They just need, they need a match. They need a match that they can strike to use it to get everybody worked up to where people start crying out. But you know what? Now listen now. This guy Demetrius got them so worked up, it said they started crying out. Listen, so the city was filled with confusion... And they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Arrhenius. It's called Arisathos. I looked it up. Anyway, Macedonians who were Paul's companions. Let's go to Revelation chapter 18. Where's my. And while you're going there. What happened was, is when you, we may get back to it, whenever they started all of this confusion, do you know that these guys didn't even know why they were confused? They didn't even know what, it got so far out of hand, they didn't even know what they were protesting. They didn't even know what they were doing. Have you, have you if you kept up with the news of these past years, a couple of years with all of this stuff, do you know that you have people out doing things? And when they ask them the question, why are you here? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm here for this. Or I think I'm here. There's only a select few, but these things are organized. And I'm telling you, they're organized. Look, how do, or how does, whatever is proper English, when they get ready to riot, you find in the middle of a street pallets of bricks. Pallets of bricks to be used by the rioters who show up at a certain time to use the bricks to start throwing into stores and breaking windows and breaking heads and breaking everything. Yeah, they're delivered, but nobody knows who delivered them. How in the world? That's what my question is. Number one, who delivered the bricks? Because they didn't, yeah, <laughs> Amazon. Who delivered the bricks? So when you say, who delivered the bricks? But do you know, I never could, when I was going through this, would please somebody ask the question, who delivered the bricks? I couldn't find media, I couldn't find anybody to say, who did the bricks belong to? George Soros or who? I mean, did it come from a hardware store? You know it come from somebody who's got a hardware store. They just didn't show up. And they deliver bricks. And nobody cares in the media to ask who whose fingerprints are on these bricks. Because they're part of it. Oh, because it's peaceful. That's right. I'm sorry. They were peaceful bricks used by peaceful people. That crack peaceful heads. Okay. I'm just saying, look what happens to us today. Look what was happening to them there. It doesn't take much to get people fired up into a confusion to where they really don't even realize why they're there. And they start grabbing people and pulling them in. And you start seeing all hell break loose in, a, in, a, in, this, in this world. Or should I say Hades? 
when people, there's agendas all over this world, is what I'm saying here. And in all of these agendas, this is where we need to know the fruit of who is behind somebody that's got a mic or a megaphone. You better know. When you read stuff, you better know who's behind, what do they stand for. Because you can end up following a Demetrius who looks like he's doing a good thing. Now, I'm not going to get there today, but there is a certain Jew named Alexander that the Jews pushed out there to get him to start saying something. But I can tell you the story real quick with him. When they found out he was a Jew, they shut him down in two minutes. Because they said, it's you Jews that's got us a problem to start with because we're all here because of Paul. But they don't even know. So there was so much confusion. Who can get to the very bottom and the root of why we're really here? This is why this is so important about the fruit of the Spirit. This is why it's so important to be able to discern what's going on in the end times. Because Hasatan, Satan, he is the author of confusion. If he can keep Hebrew roots people confused, and he has, he has. He keeps arguing over crazy stuff. I'm not going to name crazy stuff, but I mean over crazy stuff. You know, crazy stuff. Did, you, did I say crazy stuff? Crazy stuff. And I'm like, why are we arguing over crazy stuff? Do you think Yahweh is leading us to all be crazy? No. It's Hasatan, it's Satan. That's what he does is, is he keeps me, he throws something out. Do you know that there's nothing new under the sun? Now, I didn't say that. I think Solomon said it in Ecclesiastes. Okay, and if there's nothing new under the sun, I'm old enough to know that whenever I was coming through the uh, late 70s, but the 80s and the 90s, about every 10 years, there would always be something that would always come back up. It's the same source, it's just packaged different. And they had a different bow on it, but it was the same thing. And then everybody, every 10 you get all riled up, and everybody's calling their congressman. And there was one of them, and I can't remember what this was. It had to do with Madeleine O'Hara. I remember that. And you know what? Every about every 10 years, it would get stirred up like this was something new. That Congress has a direct line that deals with that. <clears throat> because it just keeps coming up all the time. But people, well, let me, let me just use an example. Somebody who's 18 years old in here, raise your hand. There's no 18-year-old. Oh, yeah, there you are. Ridge back there. All right. Ridge is 18 years old. What happens is, whenever Ridge turns 28 or 30, where would his mind be 10 years from now versus where it is right now? Well, guess what? If something that was happening back when he was 18, and he's not interested in it because he's not interested in, say, politics or into something, but then later it comes up when he's 10 years older, then all of a sudden this is new. No, it's not new. You just missed it the first time because you were young. You weren't paying attention with all that because it, it, just, it just wasn't any interest to you. But we do this as people. And these things happen over and over and over again. I guess what I'm trying to say, Satan has the same bag of tricks. I don't know a whole lot of different tricks that he has. He just puts a new package, a new bow, sings it in a different key, and here we go, okay? All right, so where am I at? Okay, Revelation 18, verse 1. Yeah, verse 1. Revelation 18, verse 1. All right, now, this is, this is the end, getting to the end of the chapter. Most of you guys have studied Revelation. You know where I'm at. So the seven congregations, that's at the beginning, right? But the seven congregations are still flowing at the end, not only where they were today, but where we are exactly today too, okay? It says, after this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. So if, can we say that Yahweh's in control of everything? 
like everything. Got to understand this. And I saw another angel coming down from heaven. That's not Satan's angels falling from heaven. They done fail. Okay, this is Yahweh's angel coming down, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory. Now, this is a powerful angel. If the whole earth is going to be made glorious with his presence. And this is what he says. He called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for who? We'll stop right there. All of this stuff that happened back then was a dwelling place for what? Demons. If it happened back then, it's going to happen today. And there is a dwelling place for demons. A haunt of every evil spirit, a haunt of every unclean bird, a haunt of every unclean and detestable beast. Covers a lot right there. This is what your faith, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of powers. Now, verse 3. I hate to rock your world, but it says all nations have drunk. Now, all nations, my scripture says all nations. Does yours say all nations? So even Israel has drunk. I mean, we've seen that before because that got her kicked out of the land. Amen? Because of she has drunk. <clears throat> so it says, For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of, the sexual, of her sexual immorality. Now it says, In the kings of the earth, and you can put the word rulers there, it doesn't mean if you're kings or governor, presidents, whatever you are, the rulers of the earth, have committed immorality with her. Look what it says in the who. The merchants. Now as we go through this, you're going to see the word merchants at least three or four times. So it shows you what is a merchant. Like Demetrius. Demetrius is standing up saying, Hey guys, we make no small business here. We make a truck full of money. When all these people are coming to the bank and they're coming to worship, we're making all of this money so Demetrius would be called a merchant. Okay, so he's a merchant. So it says here that the merchants of the earth have what? Grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. So all the things that was going on, I'm just pulling, I'm just using this example, tying it strictly to this. But it covers all of them, okay? But it tells you that that's what Demetrius is talking about. Because of this, what we have created here in Ephesus, this goddess we created this thing we built it and we gave her life and when that happened guess what there's demons that come out from this there's evil spirits that come out from this but because of this this brings luxurious living to these merchants because of that all right now let's jump down to verse 9 it says the kings of the earth of the rulers have committed sexual immorality and have lived in luxury with her Look what it says will happen. We'll weep and wail over her when she sees smoke of her burning. Now, as I go through the rest of these scriptures, I want us to think about something. You're going to see Yahweh is releasing an angel. I'm just going to put it this way. Bringing judgment on the system. And by bringing judgment on the system, excuse me, I mean it ain't pretty. He is going to destroy the system. When he destroys the system, it's going to be quick. Okay? That's the thing. It's not going to be over a 10-year period. When he destroys the system, because we're going to say, I don't know when it says in an hour, I don't know what, I'm not saying it's going to be in one hour. If it says an hour, an hour, but it's going to be quick is what I'm, I'm saying. You don't have time to make up your mind. This is why we keep saying your mind needs to be made up now. What you're going to do. Joshua said it like this. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. For me and my house, we're going to serve the I am. That's what we're going to do. You have to choose. You can't wait. Because I promise you, if you get to a place to where you're going to wait, and it affects this if this comes into judgment, there's a mark set right there. You, you see what I'm saying? 
if you can't, if you got to think about what you're going to do, and this is involved, rather than this is involved, you're in trouble. Because when it happens, it happens quick. When it unfolds, it unfolds quick. And when it rolls, and this is what I wanted you to know that as we go through here. I don't see a lot of wailing and weeping and repenting here. Which you would think they would sit here and say, Heavenly days. I have been deceived by the beast and those evil spirits all of these years. And now I see that the great Babylon is fallen. Then if, if she was God, or if it was God, it could not have fallen. Then I need to repent. But you don't see repenting here. So it's going to give you a hint what we have to look forward to in the future. That when all Hades breaks loose, there's not going to be a lot of repenting. There's going to be a lot of wailing that the system is crashing. And they ain't going to like it. And they're going to go out in confusion. And it says all nations. Verse 3. So in verse 9. So we see this. Verse 10. They will stand afar off in fear of her torment, torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. Verse 11. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her. This is sad. They're going down with the ship. The ship has got a hole in it. I don't care how far off you stand. You, are you going to stand for Yahweh or are you going to stand for Satan? I don't care if you're this close or you're there. You're standing for something. If, the, if what you're standing for sinks, you're going down with it. Don't matter how far you think you can distance yourself from it. If you're a part of it, you're going down with it. Like Korah, absolutely. Perfect, perfect example, Korah. Because what happened? Get away from those. And you know what? A bunch of them did. And they, what, first day killed two, 250 people. Swallowed them up. But you know what? There was others, you're right, standing afar off. They were standing afar off and saw what happened. But you know what? Their heart was with Korah. Because the next day, they blamed Moses. And Yahweh sent a plague in there and got 14,700, I believe. See, you better know, you better know who you stand for. Because whenever something like this happens, you're not getting away with it. I don't care how far you're standing. Because you know what? Yahweh sent whatever death angel he sent through there. And was killing those 14. and Because he had to tell Aaron. He said hurry up and get the censer. And get before it. Before this play. You got to get before it. Guys do you know here in this story. I don't see a censer getting before the plague. So. Verse 11. And the merchants of the earth. Weeping more for her. Since no one buys. Their cargo anymore. See, now that's why I say my opinion about the mark of the beast is buying and selling. See, look. They weep and mourn for Babylon, the system. They weep and mourn for that unrighteous system since no one buys their cargo anymore. Does that sound like Demetrius? Don't you know that we had great wealth going on here? Oh, and by the way, Artemis is great. No, they ain't saying how great Babylon is. It's their pocketbook. Because you know what? If there was an alternative and they could make just as much money, they would let that thing sink and they would say, Oh, hell over here. Oh, hell Egypt. If Babylon left. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever's going to make them prosperous, you better know who your Elohim is. 
Is it money or is it him? Okay, this is what this is about. It's livelihood, the whole nine yards. Then he names some things in verse 12. He says, cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, all kinds of scented wood, articles of ivory, kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, marble, iron, cinnamon, spices, incense, myrrh, frankincense, essential oils. No, uh, <laughs> that's right there. Wine. Oil, flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, chariots. In other words, military equipment. What does people do today? I mean, chariots. We don't ride around in chariots today. This is the book of Revelation. But chariots, you don't trust in chariots. What is, you don't trust in your might and your military. Do you know that that's what a lot of countries do? We make, we make trillions of dollars, I guess. Can I, you can correct me if I'm wrong on trillions. But we make a lot of money selling military equipment to other countries. See, we like, we like to go in and start wars everywhere else and sell them our equipment so we can get money and they can shoot each other. And then Russia gets on the other side and they're selling their stuff. So China, they're all making money and they're shooting each other and we're just making money. In other words, we're selling a lot of chariots. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's right. She's a God hunt. She's a goddess of war. That's right. Absolutely. And she's a bank. Ain't that amazing? Can we now see how the thread runs from the beginning all the way through the end? Nothing changes. Just the characters and the package and the pretty things where they don't have an actual chariot pulled with horses. We got Abram tanks and we got T2 tanks and we got all these tanks. It can still shoot. You know, I think Daniel talks about scorpions with fire coming out of their tails and fire coming in, you know. And I can imagine what he would have probably seen when you look at the day, when you're looking at uh, Apache helicopters or you're looking at, even back in uh, the Vietnam War, napalm, and you're looking at all of the stuff where these missiles and all of that stuff, if he saw that, no wonder he was sick for 21 days. You know what I'm saying? It, it scared him so bad because he's, he's thinking they're locusts and he thinks they're scorpions and he's, he's trying to identify what he's seeing in the future. This is my opinion of what I think he saw. So you see here you have slaves, that is human souls. Verse 14. Look at this word here. I thought this was interesting. The fruit of which your soul longs. The fruit. They're longing for bad fruit. They're longing for Babylon. This is why it's so important you will know them by their fruit. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit. They can produce signs and they can give you a lot of nice living. But that living is bad fruit. Because one day it's coming under judgment. So it says, the fruit for which their souls long for has gone from you and all your delicacies and your splendor are lost to you, never to be found again. Here again, verse 15, what's it say? The merchants. The merchants of these wares, in other words, these are the items for sale, and this is about verse 12 and 13. All of these things that these different merchants sell, who gain wealth from her will stand afar off in fear and her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. There's still no repenting here. They're weeping because they lost their business. Alas, alas, the great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple, scarlet, adorned for gold, with jewels and pearls. Can I read that again? Alas, alas, for the great city... What was the great city? Babylon. How was she adorned? With fine linen, purple, scarlet, with gold, jewels, and pearls. Guys, when you see that, that means she looked good. She looked wealthy. She looked prosperous. She looked like she was the God of this world. That's what she looked like. That's the way to the people 
she was adorned because they were after signs and they were after what she could do for this. And that's why in their eyes, but really Yahweh's people would see this as filthy rags. Because the fruit is not producing what this tells us to produce. What are we seeing when we see what's going on today? This is why we have to be careful not to get sucked in to allowing governments to be your Elohim. Verse 17. For in a single hour all this wealth has um, has been laid waste. All the shipmasters, seafaring men, sailors, and all those who trade is on the sea stood afar off. And they cried aloud as they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? They're mourning what they had. They threw dust on their heads. What happened with Mordecai when he heard the edict come down that they were that, that Haman boo was going to you know kill all of the, the Jews? He got sackcloth and ashes, and what do they do when they mourn? They throw what? They throw dust on their head, the dirt on their head. This is this is Hebrew here. This is this is why this means something to us. This is whenever, huh? That's right, that's right. It's a morning ritual that you would do whenever you were fasting and praying and whenever you went in. This is what Mordecai was doing in, in the city square as he was crying to his Elohim. But yet, you see these people doing the same ritual, trying to get their, trying to, really and truly, probably trying to wake up their Elohim. But their Elohim is not an Elohim. Remember I said this, my father-in-law taught me long time ago, when I was in my 20s. And that was a long time ago. There's only two religions in the world. Yeshua and everything else. There's no reason to study all the others. Because if it's not Yeshua, it's counterfeit. It's not of Him. It doesn't matter what package it looks like, what bow it's got on it. If it's a false religion, it's a false religion. But yet it says that they threw dust on their heads... And they were mourning, and they wept and cried out loud, Alas, alas, the great city, where all who had the ships of the sea grew rich, there again, merchants rich, by her wealth, for in a single hour she had been laid waste. I want to close with this. Because this is a good place to shut this down, instead of picking back up the other. I think more and more, and I just, I'm just being honest here. The more and more that I've studied this, I've always made the statement, follow the money. But I didn't realize that I only had about this much understanding of it. Now I'm seeing wealth of what it really, really means of how they were doing it back then and seeing what's happening, especially over... And it's not really, this has been... Probably over the last, to me, 15 years plus. When I started seeing things change with an organization or administration years ago. Whenever the administration, whenever they started out and they used the Temple of Artemis in Colorado as the backdrop. And they said that we're no longer a Christian nation, but we're a nation of Muslim Jews and Christians. When I saw that, I never knew about, because I don't care about the seven wonders of the world. I don't care about all of that stuff. I wanted to focus on this, but without learning some of this, it now has brought greater understanding in this and what he was saying. And John, the writer, was writing about. To understand, because guys, think about this. He said kings, rulers, merchants. And then you have an administration that kicked off a presidency with the temple of Artemis in the background. With all of this stuff going on. And when a, I don't care, 
This, I, look, I know this is my opinion, but I believe this strongly. When a ruler, whether he's elected or put up there or, or cheated up there or shot up there or born up there or hatched up there, however that person gets up there, but they stand in an office behind a seal and they make a declaration that we're no longer a Christian nation, that bears heavy weight when that went out into the airwaves. And we have had chaos ever since. We have had chaos ever since. And so, all I can tell you is this. That this system is going to fall. And this is the great thing. But my warning is this. If you're tied to this, you're going to fall with the system. I can't tell you what it's all going to look like. But what I can tell you is, is that politics and religion is entwined. And it's more entwined today than I've ever seen it before. There's a lot of things I could say I, I would, it was in my gut. It's just now being proven. It's just out there in our face every day if you can see it. So for us as believers... We just have to make sure that we keep looking up, have this in our heart. This is why the Torah is so, so important. And let me tell you something about deep studiers. I'm going to step on some toes probably now. If you get so heavenly minded you're no earthly good, there's problems there. When you're dividing communities over an olive and a tav, or you're dividing communities over how this or how that, what did Paul say about genealogies? Quit, that's fruitless discussions. What happens is, is are you not the temple of the Holy Spirit? That's what matters. We are that temple. Not only we here, but people all over the world that has Yeshua reigning in their hearts and has the Holy Spirit moving in our hearts. We, the temple is more important than divide. Look, Yahweh doesn't take kindly in trying to divide His temple over fruitless discussions. <clears throat> Let me share something with you on this though. To be able to midrash or to talk about something what if, what if, what if? That's never a problem. The problem is, is if you're immovable and not teachable. That's the problem. It is my way, and this is the way it is. And I've had that happen so many times. I've been in this a long time. Like I said, I got a t-shirt full of everything of where I've been. And things that I've believed from the name to the calendars to everything under this sun. Now, if when Yahweh says that crawfish is not food, and I love crawfish, Tiffany. <clears throat> okay? But it's not food. That is cut and dry as it can be. Cut and dry as it can be. And uh, there's no way to shoehorn that. There's no way. It, it, yeah, there's no open for discussion. This is what in our defender's class, when he says that these things are not food, then guess what? Don't even, they're not food. They're not even in the discussion. Well, they're unclean food. No, they're not unclean food. They're not food. They're not food. You, you have to pull that. They're not food. You know, this is not food. You know what I mean? It's not food. It's just a hanky, whatever. Yeah, it's nasty now, but... But anyway, but it's not food. Okay? That's right. So all I'm saying is, is this. Is when it's cut and dry, you, but you know what? There's a lot of people that defy the cut and dry. And because of that, you have a heart that's not to follow after him. We say it like this many times. We need to get into what Yahweh's doing. And quit trying to get him into what we're doing. 
That's the biggest problem. Now, with that said, I'm going to say this because it goes out. We don't know everything here at River of Life. We're ever learning. The things that are blatant and we know, we know and we do. But the things that are... Rose Kadesh. We do it the best that we know how to do it. Because I can tell you, we have celebrated New Moon. The only thing that we haven't celebrated is Full Moon. Okay, that's the only thing. But we have gone from sliver to pie to... R square to in power square, okay. Until we have done to Hillel's calendar to we never did do the conjunction, but we looked at. What I'm saying is, is why why is there still a calendar issue today? Think about it. Why is there still one today? Well, because there's no definitive "Thou shalt not eat" that this is not food. If there was a thou shalt, because the, pe- the priest were the ones who declared this is the first day. <clears throat> and we don't have that as we would know today. But we have to do something. Daniel Bakken helped me out with that a long time because in the scripture in Leviticus it says you shall declare. And that's what Yahweh said, you shall declare. Now he's not giving me the authority to defy the priesthood. That's not what it was about. But guess what? I think that was put in there because guess what? One, one of these days we weren't going to have the Levitical, the Aaronic priesthood in operation like we did back in the day where they were declaring when these things happened. And so what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is, is a lot of times we fight over these things. We want fellowship with this. You know what breaks my heart? Now, we have, I, I love this congregation. This congregation is way more awesome than, uh, it's just awesome. But you know what breaks my heart? And, and I know that Stephen Shirley and I know that, uh, you know, my Michigan friends over here, Dennis and Jody and different people like that, y'all been around these other little communities. When you're in a community and you have, you have one community sitting here and that community is celebrating three different calendars, that breaks my heart because they can't fellowship with one another because I'm right and you're wrong and wrong and right and wrong. And, and, and we miss the point of, of, you know, obeying His commandments the best we know how to obey, but be in community. But do you know that in a but do you know that when we come in here, I pray up here, this is what I want to do in this place on Shabbat is lift up Yeshua. That's what I want to do. Lift up Yeshua. Preach the gospel, teach the gospel, lift up Yeshua. And then He will draw men. I'm not going to sit here and argue about the minutiae of things that's, that's going to separate and divide us and Yeshua's never mentioned. Because my thing is, is this. Yeshua walked on this earth. How many believe that? Okay. Did Yeshua celebrate the feast? Who was in charge at that time? What group of people? Sanhedrin, but most of them were, the Pharisees were in the lead. Did the Pharisees and the Sadducees agree on the calendar? You think? No. They didn't agree. What about the Essenes? Did they agree with the Pharisees? So do you think if they had that problem when Yeshua was walking on this earth, that Mark McClendon can help do better than he did? Absolutely not. That's a big capital N-O with a bunch of little ball and bats. Exclamation point for all you English people. But think about it. Think about this. So you tell me in his ministry from the Gospels or anywhere, you can go grab the Apocrypha if you want to. You tell me somewhere where Yeshua walked into the temple and said, you dudes are on the wrong day. I flat don't see it. I hadn't seen it. Because Yahweh set up a system. And he gave the authority to the high priest. The priest of Iran. And when he said, this is the first day, Yeshua said, that's good with me. Why? Because it was good with my father. And my father set this in motion. Now, when I return, we'll do things maybe a little different. But, right now, he followed. He didn't go in and start telling all of these people that they were wrong. 
He was healing and loving and serving these people. Because that was his job. And so that's what our heart needs to be. Because whenever he returns, I promise you, in the millennial kingdom, or in the kingdom, in the world to come, however you want to put all of these things and put it all together, when he says, guys, it's Shabbat tomorrow, guess where we're going to be? We ain't arguing with him on the lunar calendar. We're not arguing that. Because all of those people that's going to argue with him ain't going to be there. Okay? That's right. So, just know that this and these seven congregations, they're alive and well today with us. Amen.